Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode. Today I am joined with Shan Gray. <laughs> hey Shan. Hello. Um, Shan has been on before. I don't know mm. what number episode it was, but we were talking about breakups and that episode, I was just, just saying, has got an insane amount of listens and must some of you must have really listened to a lot of podcasts during lockdown and Shan's was quite a popular one. So thank mm. you for that. But... I have asked Shan to come back on to talk about life in general because I feel like she's on such a, like, finding herself journey and I thought that it would really resonate with some people and if it doesn't, it might spark something in you to do the same. So recently, you might have seen on Instagram, I've gone on a little bit about the NLP timeline therapy that Laura L does at Laura Laura. So Shannon and I have both just recently, in the last two weeks, Mm -hmm. finished doing that. And it's something that we've been, like, talking about together. Shan comes weekly for spray tans. So we see each other. (laughs) We see each other all the time. And it's nice. We get a weekly catch-up and a weekly (laughs) chat. And every time she leaves, I just feel so, like, refreshed. And I feel like everyone needs a Shannon in their life. (laughs) So here's your opportunity to by just listening to this episode. So basically today we're going to be talking about... Um, trying to fit the mould to be perfect, accepting yourself, having insecurities, having more self-compassion and we're going to dive into a whole lot more, like how the groups that you hang out with, who the people you surround you with, how all these things and social media can have an impact on your day-to-day life. So I've just rambled on for a minute and 50 seconds, as it says on the clock, but Shannon, let's start (laughs) off. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good, thank you. Pretty good. Yeah. Shan has got um got back a few weeks ago from being on holiday. How was that? Uh, it was really great. Yeah, really it nice. worked. It, it worked out perfectly. We left the day uh, SA went into lockdown. So, um, yeah, I couldn't believe we actually made it there and actually got to enjoy our holiday and then made it back perfectly fine. And you got to see the sunshine. We did. That look, It looked yeah. really fun. So let's start off, Shan, with talking about how you've always felt the need to be perfect. Um, I think perfectionism is something that I've kind of carried with me uh, throughout my entire adult life. Um, I know uh, my mum is a very similar way to me, so it's you know kind of something that that um, I've carried around for a while, but just recently it was brought to my attention that uh, perfectionism isn't such a great thing. You know, occasionally I probably have viewed it as something that's probably, you know, that could be a good thing because it kind of makes you... uh, Accountable. uh, Well, yeah, but strive, or always striving higher, you know, Um, always trying to do your best. But what I didn't realise was that perfectionism has such a close... uh, connection to shame you know Mm -hmm. so when you set these high expectations for yourself and you don't meet them you feel shame around that you know oh I wasn't good enough when in actual fact it should be you should be thinking more in the way that your best is is always enough you know Um, as long as you you feel like you're always kind of doing your best Mm -hmm. um, you know some days we don't always want to do our best but um, sometimes just showing up is enough so perfectionism, uh, in my opinion, uh, developed from, you know, a lot of the reading that I've done, it's a belief that 
you know, we want to live the perfect life. We want to look perfect. Um, and, you know, if we have everything in our life perfect, we can avoid pain um, and judgment from other people. So yes. a lot of the time we want to appear like we have these perfect lives so other people think that we do. When yeah. in actual fact, obviously, we know that we don't because perfection doesn't exist. But And that's another issue with it. When you're always striving for perfection, you're always going to fail. 100%. Because it doesn't What's exist. the main thing for you that do you think that your body image is something that you feel like you've always had to have a perfect body? Like, yeah, I think I could probably speak for a lot of women here in terms of body image. You know, you are always your own toughest critic. You're mm-hmm. the first to say that you're fat, the first to say that you're ugly. Um, you know, you have... You judge yourself so hardly before anyone else has even spoken. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we all have these... Um, we all have these in, uh, insecurities mm-hmm. and on varying degrees as well. You know, I might see something that I have as a huge insecurity and then someone else will say what their insecurity is. Like you can never really devalue another person's insecurities because it's how they feel. And no matter what you say, they're still going to believe what they believe. Yeah. I yeah. Feel. Um, and that's when, you know, when you're, battling with these insecurities, you've really got to turn inwards to, you know, start accepting yourself, um, working on your self worth, uh, Mm -hmm. your esteem, your confidence and that kind of thing. Um, the biggest thing for me with my insecurities is knowing that, you know, in my head, they are so big and especially with my skin, you know, it's something that I think about all the time. But to my friends and family and the people that love and care about me, they don't even see it when they look at me. It's it's nothing. Do you want to talk a little bit about your skin for those that don't know? You've got acne. Yeah. So um, I, for the majority of my life, I've had really beautiful, clear skin. And growing up, uh, I was I probably took it for granted a little bit. But I did know, um, especially in comparison to to other people around me, I I felt like I had really nice healthy skin and then you know I hit 30 and I went through uh you know a relatively stressful time and then all of a sudden I broke out in acne and it just has gradually gotten worse and worse and I think probably the thing that's made me feel the most defeated is that you will try one thing it won't work you'll try another thing it won't work another and another and it just goes on does it not work but like price-wise it adds up yeah yeah which is another thing that you're getting like it's very expensive but at the end of the day I feel like I would pay anything to try and make it go away Mm -hmm. Uh, it just gets disheartening when you know you put all this time and effort and money into something and then it obviously doesn't work but that's just how it is and Shan did put a post up a few, maybe a month or two ago? Uh, Yeah, a few months ago. Yeah, Yeah. she put a photo up with no makeup, just of her acne and of her face and just talking about her insecurity. And I asked her if I could screenshot it and share it on our page, and I did. And so many people, girls in particular, messaged back and said, can you please tell her thank you for sharing that because I feel exactly the same way. And when I told you that, you were quite surprised, but you had people message you as well saying, like, thank you or, like, Mm. something along those lines. And that probably just goes to show how many people actually struggle with things that, like, like you wouldn't even notice. Yeah. Or know that they struggle with. Mm. Yeah. I, um, you know, I'm not so much now, but 
uh, when it first started happening, I would, you know, I'd be the first to kind of hide behind makeup or mm-hmm. anything to kind of make it look a little bit better. But the main kind of idea I had of, you know, posting those photos was because I was sick of hiding, you know, mm-hmm. I was sick of feeling like I had to put makeup on or something. And I just thought if I could put some photos out there and, you know, all these people could see what I really look like, then I could just walk around freely and, and not have to worry about it. But, you know, there's some days it's harder to accept and then other days, um, it's all right. But the biggest thing for me, like if it's really painful and sore, then it bothers me a bit. Of course, because you're feeling flat, like it's, you just feel off when it's all sore as well. Yeah. Yeah. But I always remind myself that, uh, it can always be worse. And, you know, on the days that have been a little bit harder to accept it, you know, I might jump on, you know, Google some pictures of acne and, mm-hmm. you know, you'll get a flood of all these images of just severe acne. And, you know, and then I look at myself and I just think, wow, my it's it's nowhere near as bad as that. So it can does, always be worse. Where does using acne as an example? Like for mm. some people it can be about the way their voice sounds or how their body looks or how their hair is or, you know, hairs on your arm. People's insecurities vary, like, Mm. everywhere, don't they? They do. But, yeah, everyone struggles with them, even if you think from the outside that they wouldn't. Yeah. I I was saying to Shan one day, I was like, she came to get a 10 and she said something about how her, she was, like, really insecure about her face that day. And I said, I've actually never thought, oh, my God, Shan's face. Mm. But you don't. Because we're always the, like you said at the start, we're always the first to pick on ourselves. Mm. Well, I know I don't think it about other people. No. You know, if if other people bring up their insecurities, I'll be like, oh, I've never even noticed. (laughs) What are some tips you have for girls who are struggling with their insecurities at the moment? I think for me personally, it was just, or it still is, uh, very much is, a process of, accepting yourself for who you are so you've got to accept obviously you know accept all the good things about yourself and then accept the things that you know you might not love so much and obviously my skin is something that I don't love as much but I can't change it so there's no point in stressing myself out about it Mm -hmm. too much um I tend to really focus on the things that I like about myself or that I find that I'm good at. So, you know, I have lots of, you know, really great friends and, and good fam and, and, you know, I'm close to my family. So, um, I spend time working on those relationships because, you know, they make me feel good or, you know, I think that, you know, I treat people well, you know, I treat Mm -hmm. them with kindness. I treat them with respect and, you know, it's those kind of things that make up who we are. So our values, that's what makes us the people that we are. It's not the skin that matters. So tying that back in with perfectionism, you know, me wanting to have nice skin, that's me just wanting to have, you know, that's me trying to reach that, that, you know, looking perfectly in a sense, you know. But really what the hell is looking perfectly? Yeah. I know, and that's the thing. Perfectionism is something that you're never going to achieve. No, because there's no, there's no like standard or chart mm. that actually tells you, "Yep, Shan, today you are perfect." Yeah, which is crazy, isn't it? <laughs> because like we always compare ourselves to everything else, but nothing's ever right. 
No, we're all different. And I think embracing those differences um, is... Important. Is important, yeah. Yeah, It's very important. Mm. We've talked about before as well, showing more like compassion towards yourself. Mm -hmm. Why is this important, do you feel? I think that, you know, going back to when we're talking about how we are our own toughest critic, um, I found that a lot of the time if I was having negative self-talk, I would pull myself up and I would think to myself, would I say this to one of my friends? Would I say this to um, a member of my family? Like the way we talk to ourselves can be so, so harsh Mm -hmm. because we, we expect so much from ourselves, I suppose. But, you know, if we had a friend come to us and say like, oh, I'm really struggling here or I didn't do this or I made this mistake, you know, you would never say those harsh things to them. Yeah. You would never say, oh, you really screwed up. Well, you you know, it. Yeah, you would mm-hmm. never say that. So I'm very mindful of when I start that negative self-talk, I think to myself, would I say this to a friend? If not, what would I say to them? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you've got to bring that back onto but yourself. Again, do you find that since you have really started to, like, focus in and focus on yourself, that's when you've learned to do that? Because obviously you haven't done that your whole entire life. Or no, no. Um, no. I, no, I think a lot of us uh, fall victim to that negative self-talk and we don't even realise that we do it. And so we've done it for so long. It's something we do unconsciously now, yeah. you know. Um, and so I do – I am mindful of spending more time having those conscious thoughts, you mm-hmm. know, saying those the nice things to myself and uh, and stuff because they're so ingrained in the brain, Those yeah. that negative self-talk. Did you find through working with Laura with the subconscious that some of this stuff, like – you relearned. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel as well, like, I didn't notice all the negative self-talk I was doing mm. until we were, Laura was talking to me about the subconscious and how you don't even realise that you're doing it. Yeah. And you have to be really onto it to be able to pick yourself up when you're doing it. Yeah. And the change, I feel, once you're aware of what you're actually telling yourself, mm. when you do change that from a negative to a positive, like, obviously it takes a lot of practice, but I feel like, it literally changes your whole mindset. Yeah, it does. I like there was a few because when you know we were working with Laura, there was a few emotions that we touched on. I can't remember them all, but mm-hmm. I know there was shame and guilt and anger and and those kind of emotions. And we had to go back to when we kind of first or to when we could remember yes. um, our first experience with those mo- with those uh, emotions, and then it just kind of it makes you realize how ingrained these things are in your brain because you've Mm -hmm. thought about it a certain way for so long. And I think, you know, especially now, you know, uh, personal growth and and kind of working on yourself has really, uh, you know, a lot of people are doing it now. There's lots of books that you can read about it. Uh, People are more aware of it. So, you know, rather than being so hard on ourselves, you know, I love that, you know, a lot of my friends and, you know, people that I know, it's all about, uh, you know, building other people up and, mm-hmm. and, and helping them rather than trying to drag them down. Drag them down. Yeah, 100%. And I think one thing that is hard as well that I've learned, and I'm pretty sure we've talked about this, is that we can't expect us from others. No. 
how we can't expect other people to respond to things, to act, oh, to yeah. do, to say whatever, mm. what we would do. That That's a big hard. one. Yeah. Because you want, you know, you think about how you would handle the situation or what you would do or what you want. Mm-hmm. But one of the biggest things that I've learned recently is that you can't control what other people do and you can't change how other people feel you just have to accept it for Mm -hmm. what it is and I've really had to when you know when you go through something that is painful you know you might lose someone or you know you have a relationship breakdown um, that process of acceptance and accepting that it is what it is so to speak yeah and once you let go of the thought that you need to, once you let go of that expectation, your life, I just feel like a weight is lifted off you mm. because you're like, you know what? I can only control what I can do. Mm-hmm. That's on me. Everything else that happens around me, that's on that individual. Yes. Itself. Mm-hmm. And to not take that so personally, I think something that really can help your mental health. Mm. And it take it really does, I feel, take the load off your yeah. shoulders. 100%. Yeah. I think I went through a time of, you know, feeling like I perhaps wasn't worthy, you know. Mm-hmm. I would sometimes think, oh, why wasn't I enough? Yeah. Or, but what I've learned is that it, it's not about – I shouldn't be concerned about what other people think of me. Yes. I only need to be concerned about how I think of myself, mm-hmm. uh, what I feel, those kind of things. And as and- long as I'm focusing on that um, – then that's all I need to worry about. Yeah. And I feel like you, what you put out, we don't put things out into the world. We don't give us, give our time and give ourselves. You don't do that in hopes that you get something back. You do that from the mm. like bottom of your heart and you do that because you want to do it. I think something that's really important that I've now learned is just because I'm going to do this for someone doesn't mean that person has to do it back to me. No. No, you'd never kind of, you know, give to get. You've got yes. to, it's got to come from a genuine place. 100%. You, you know, you do things for the people that you care about because you care about them. It's not because you're expecting something back. No, and everyone shows, um, everyone shows like compassion and love and kindness and all of that in different ways. Mm. It's just like love languages. Everyone's got a different love language. So mm-hmm. just because yours is... A doesn't mean that person can't be B. Yeah. As well. Um, I want to also touch on how we can talk out how easy it is to talk yourself or put yourself into a bad mood mm-hmm. or like a bad mind space. Yeah. And you had mentioned before that you have deleted your social media. Yes. And how are you finding that for your mind space? Uh, I found it uh, really quite therapeutic in a way. I, you know, I kind of I got thinking about it a while ago and I obviously had the opinion that maybe for this time in my life it wasn't a good thing to have Mm -hmm. um so I kind of trialed not having it and you know I did a little bit of research into you know the the pros and cons with social media and I I want to know both angles, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't just want to seek information that is going to... Yeah, I don't want that confirmation bias where I'm just kind of... I find the things that I'm looking for. I want to to know um, both sides of it. But for me, 
it, it's just come down to a personal preference where right now I am enjoying not having social media for a few reasons. It, you know, it frees up time in the day that I'm not sitting on my phone. Um, you know, I don't have that grass is always greener Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other side mindset which would also come into the perfectionism well, I can't say that word That's <laughs> perfectionism yes, which comes into that as well because you aren't comparing Yeah, you're not trying to maintain this social media um, profile mm. you can just do you which what? you can do anyway I know but Something that's important to me right now is focusing on the relationships that I have in my life. And I know that people find being online is a way of staying connected, but that's not really the connection that I'm looking for in my life right now. I want to spend time with people. I want to sit my phone aside. And when I'm catching up with somebody, I want it to be me and them, you know, and I I value their time. So I'm not going to be there sitting on my phone, checking my notifications have you noticed so much how just say when I mean I've just recently deleted Snapchat a few months ago and I found since doing that you don't have to bother with small talk that really doesn't matter Mm. like just because you say someone sends you a Snapchat and I was guilty of it too I would send someone a Snapchat and classify that as communicating with them Mm -hmm. when it's really not at all me taking a Snapchat of Miller and sending it to someone that is not communicating Mm -hmm. and I feel like you probably feel as well now that you don't have social media people that want to be in touch with you will actually be in touch with you people you want to be in touch with you will do it it's not just oh i commented on your instagram photo or i messaged you on snapchat or whatever like some people's yeah everyone's different Mm. but i feel since i have deleted snapchat you just feel like i don't know yeah more i don't know it's weird i just feel i think and it's not just because I don't have social media, but no. I think it does. It, it has played a role in me just being more grateful for uh, the people that I do have in my life and the things that I do have in my life mm-hmm. because I am not comparing myself uh, to anyone else. So do you think that social media, you're just having a break from it or it's something that you're done with forever or what? Uh, it's just something that I'm... Uh, that's just temporary yeah Yeah. so if I find that I want to have it back at some point then I will that's fine but for now I'm quite happy uh, not having it and just focusing on uh, the relationships that I have in my life so I want to just touch on confidence from a personal point of view when I talk to people and that they always assume that because I'm very thought like I'm very out there like loud I'm not really that scared to say how I feel. People would assume that I'm like the most confident person in the world. And I remember when I first got with Mitch and when I started to struggle a bit mentally, um, say we'd be out a weekend, whatever, and then on that Sunday night I would just be like a fucking mess. And he's like, I don't understand how you can be, you can come across Rihanna as being so confident, Mm -hmm. but it's all an act, isn't it? And I remember being like, yeah, I think I'm confident like that because... It's easy to put on a front hmm. and then when you get home, you can just crumble and fall and no one knows. Yeah. What, how important is real confidence, do you feel? I think with confidence, it's important not to try and gain that self-confidence from external factors. So, mm-hmm. you know, I get, yeah, I get that, you know, we do change things about ourselves to make ourselves feel better and appear more attractive and so on. But for true self-confidence for me 
I want it to come from within. So, so people that are confident, say within their social lives, they're comfortable with rejection and people that are confident in their relationships are comfortable with getting hurt. So it's important not to value ourselves on, you know, that rejection or that time that we got hurt. You know, it doesn't change who we are. Um, As well, I feel you can be the most confident person in that room and still have your insecurities and still want to maintain this perfect lifestyle, Mm. which also isn't practical Mm. at the end of the day either. Yeah, I I know something that I noticed... uh, myself quite recently that I really tried to pull myself up on but when my skin was getting a lot worse um, I found that when I was walking down the street I would face I would look at the ground a lot of the time because I was so embarrassed of other people seeing my face or if I was at a cafe and I was ordering food or something Mm. like that I would find it really hard to look at these people Face, to face, face yeah. to face, because all I was thinking was, oh my God, look at what, what are they looking at? Yeah. So yeah. I noticed me doing that a few times and I've really had to pull myself up because that is not what I want to be like. That is not how I want to live my life in the slightest. You know, mm-hmm. I have so much in my life to be grateful for. And you have so much as well, Shan, to give, like... You're so much more than your face. So. Yeah, I know, like, and that's just something that I remind myself of all the time. Remind myself of all the time, is that we are so much more than than what we look or how we look. Absolutely, I know my mum struggles with like she gets like acne on her chin and that. And one thing like even growing up, like you know when like you're 16, 17, whatever, you're getting ready to go to a party, you've done your hair, you've done your makeup. And you're just fluffing. You're just fluffing over yourself. Like, oh, my God, what if they notice this? What if they notice that? Mama would always say to us, like, it was coming from a place of love, but do you really think that you're that special, that every single person <laughs> is going to be sitting there talking about you, looking at you, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm. do you really think that you are that special, that all eyes are on you? Mm. And I was like, well, no, I guess not. But when that insecurity is so big to you, that's all you think. In your head, you think every single person I have a connection with today is going to instantly judge me on my insecurity and then make it valid. Yeah. Which... And we perceive them as being so much bigger yes. than than what they are. And 100%. I think if we just kind of normalise our insecurities a little bit, talk mm-hmm. about them a little bit more, uh, we can all kind of relate to it a little bit more as well a hundred percent agree and the more you talk about it the more other people are going to feel inclined and more comfortable to mm. talk about theirs as well mm. which then in one goes in a circle and everyone hopefully can feel better about themselves yeah it just comes down to accepting who you are and that you are far far more than how you look I feel like you learn, the more you put into yourself, obviously, the more you learn about yourself. And like you said, Shannon, for the last, what, how, how many months since we've done our last one? Mm, probably over maybe seven or eight months. Yeah. So over that time, you've really knuckled down. You're like, no, I'm working on myself. I'm doing this for me. Mm. 
nothing changes if nothing changes. Like, exactly. I feel like you were at a stage in your life when you're a bit of a rut and you're like, fuck it, I want the, the, I know I, can, I deserve better, I want better, so I'm going to go out and get better. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something, and it can be like a boot up the arse that you need as well. Like, if you are not happy in your life, make a change. Yes. If you are not content, if you feel uneasy, whatever, you are the only one. I get on a tangent and my hands get going. Yeah, I like, can see that. <laughs> I, just, I just really feel it's important. If you are not happy in your life, you are the only one that can make a change. So eight weeks ago when I started and when um, Shan obviously did it separately, started Laura's NLP timeline therapy. I just feel like since then, I don't notice it. I don't think about it 24-7, but... I noticed the changes that have I have made and yeah. I've been the one that's done it. I've taken um, myself down to Laura because I know I wanted to do better. Yeah. And not, we're not, I'm not saying you have to go down and do NLP or whatever, but if you want to get fitter, join a gym. If you want to eat better, eat mm. better. I think it's important to note that whatever changes we want to make and the things that we want to implement into our lives is, you know, if we do this one thing, you know, like, um, the, the stuff that we did with Laura, mm-hmm. it's not just that that's no. going to change everything. You know, when, when you're doing that work on yourself, it's something that you do every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where you're going to really see the difference. So when I look back and think about where I was eight months ago compared to where I am now, uh, there, there've been so many changes and I personally am, am really, really happy of the changes that I've made, mm-hmm. but I also know that it's, it's going to keep I'm going to have to keep doing it yes. every day and it's not to say that you didn't have setbacks along the way oh absolutely there were times that you know you would get yourself into such a state and you just think all this work that I've done over the last however many months mm-hmm. was it all for nothing and then you kind of pull yourself out of that yeah and that's yeah. what I realized is that you know, life is just made up of so many lessons and I'll look back and I'll think, oh, I wish I had done that differently or, uh, you know, I don't love to kind of see them as regrets. I prefer to kind of see them as lessons. Yes. Um, are there things that I've done in the past that I'd like to change? Absolutely. Uh, but you the can... reality is we cannot go back no, and change this shit. So the, there's no point dwelling on it. The past doesn't matter anymore and you know, we can choose to see them as regrets and beat ourselves up about them or we can just put them down as lessons, move on and then make better choices that are more aligned with our values moving forward. And we'd be more aware of them as well. Like Mm. everything in life is trial and error. And like for us, we only actually saw Laura three times in those six weeks. The rest of it was all us. Yeah, Laura and I actually spoke about how you know, this is something that we need to do daily. It's not yes. just going to these sessions that mm-hmm. are going to Change make all the changes, but Laura definitely does teach you uh, kind of how, uh, to, implement how to implement them. Yeah, and she definitely kind of brings things to your attention that you would probably never have thought of otherwise. No. And then it gets you thinking. 100%. So she kind of helps you, equips you with certain tools to, to help you keep implementing these changes in your life i can't recommend it anymore but this is like this pod, this podcast wasn't just about laura but we'll, our me and shan me and shan shan and i have been talking about it and it's something that it's nice to be able to have someone that's gone through it as well that you can mm-hmm. like relate to 
So yeah. I'd say that our experiences would probably, you know, be similar in certain ways, but also be very different. Absolutely. Like we would yeah. resonate with different emotions and, mm-hmm. and, and stuff. So Absolutely. every journey is different. Hundred percent. But yeah, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode today. But before we wrap it up, Shan has got a few books that she's gonna recommend. She's also got a few podcasts, but instead of talking about them, we're just gonna tag them below. Mm-hmm. And if you want to go listen to them, do that. I listen to a few that she's recommended. But what's the books that you're currently? I think the books that I've read recently that kind of tie into everything that we've spoken about today. Um, I'm a big fan of Brene Brown. Uh, and she has lots of books. I have them all. I haven't read them all yet. Uh, a couple that I have read that I haven't been able to put down are The Gift of Imperfection uh, and Rising Strong. So they're two that I would recommend if you're interested in anything that we've spoken about today. Mm-hmm. And one that I am currently reading from The Holistic Psychologist is How to Do the Work. And that has a corresponding podcast. So chapter one will go with podcast one. Um, or episode one and then chapter two, episode two and so on. So that one I'm still getting through, uh, but thoroughly enjoying it. I had that recommended to me as well. Great recommendation. So yeah, if you want to make change, ladies, make change. (laughs) (laughs) Make change. Make change. Thank you, Shan, for coming on and being so vulnerable. We will tag the books and the podcasts below. See you, everybody. Bye.